Thank you, guys. That was wonderful. You know, one of our purposes in life is just to worship God. It's like, like a main purpose in our lives is just to worship God. So tonight already, we've already fulfilled one of our main purposes in life, and that is just to worship God, because we are worshiping Him tonight. And as you're worshiping Him, as we're, we are worshiping Him, He becomes bigger in our, in our perception. Now, He doesn't become bigger in reality because He's God. But whatever you magnify, it says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. That doesn't mean that we're going to make God bigger. It just means He becomes bigger in our eyes or in our hearts or in our perception. Much like a magnifying glass doesn't make something bigger, like, honey, I blew up the kids kind of thing. It merely makes it look bigger to you. So that's why worship is so important, because as we worship God, and as you lose yourself and just begin to worship God, you realize that He's bigger than anything that we are facing. God is bigger and has everything all figured out before it ever happens. He's already got it handled. It's reality. God has already got the answer before the question is asked. Think about that. Before the problem occurs, he's already got a solution. It says that Jesus Christ was slain before the foundation of the earth. Now, it doesn't mean that he hung on the cross before the earth was formed, but that was God's intention because he's outside of time. He can see things from, he knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning before a single day even occurs. If you're watching online, thank you for joining us tonight. And we just trust that you're going to receive what you need from God tonight. And those that have joined us, this is the sold out crowd, right? We're sold out. You're all sold out, right? Sold out to Jesus. Now there's some more room in here, but you're all sold out. So I call this the sold out crowd. I got that from Brian in the front row. He told me that. He said, you got a sold out crowd tonight. I said, yeah, that's all right. Me and you are both sold out. So there you go. And you online are sold out too. You just didn't have the, the uh, maybe the, you had more sense than we did and you stayed home. Okay, got it, gotcha. We all drove around and we were doing the slip sliding away thing, right? So tonight, let me talk to you a little bit about favor. But before we talk about favor, I want to give you a quick report about favor. A report from Pakistan. Um, for those of you that um, have been around a little while, you know that since September we have been very involved <clears throat> with a group out of Pakistan that's helping Christians escape out of um, Afghanistan into Pakistan, and um, they're receiving ref um, like refuge status and getting food and, and shelter and blankets and scriptures, and there's been dozens and dozens and dozens of documented miracles. I mean, blind people receiving their sight, deaf people receiving hearing. Um, one in particular uh, had a gun put to her head and the gun just didn't go off. Another time a hand grenade was thrown at him and the hand grenade didn't go off. Just incredible, incredible things. Well, this past Probably two weeks ago, I, I communicate very regularly. In fact, this afternoon at 4 p.m., I got a, I got a phone call from, from Pakistan. And 
Um, I get them at 1 in the morning, at 5 in the morning, because they're seven hours different than us. So I get them at all different times of the day and night. And at 4 this afternoon, I received a phone call, and he sent me some pictures that I'll be showing you in a minute and and a video that I want to show you. But let me tell you the situation of what happened. I I shared this on Sunday night, and I have more details now than I had on Sunday night because it just happened on Sunday. Well, there was this school that got attacked by the Taliban, and it was in, inside Afghanistan. And uh, the school, got, the Taliban decided that they didn't like this one particular school because they weren't doing what they wanted them to do. And so they literally went in and murdered a whole bunch of kids and their teachers. And uh, the Taliban are not mostly peaceful, and they're not good people, as some in our government might say. They are not good people. They're evil to the core. And uh, they murder innocent people. They cut people's heads off. They do all kinds of crazy things because they are full of Satan. Okay, that's just all I can say. So bottom line is they killed a whole bunch of people. And there's a bunch of them that escaped. And they were running into the mountains. And they were running for their lives. And um, through a whole bunch of different channels and a whole bunch of different situations that I can't really talk about, they were put into a safe house inside the country, and then they had to move to a different safe house, and they'd been moving around for a few weeks, and uh, they were able to be um, evacuated this past week. And uh, they sent a bus and, and, a, and a team of people over there, and they rescued these people out of that situation. There was 46 children and 13 adults, and they were all school teachers, and they, these Kids have been separated from their parents. Their parents have been killed. And so these children and their teachers had been on the run, and they were on the run uh, for a number of weeks. And they finally got to the bus, and they were driving through the mountains in a very remote area, and they ended up puncturing three tires on their bus about a, a short distance to the border. They were almost home, and then three tires were punctured and they were ruined. They, they were irreparable. And uh, they're stuck in the mountains and they don't know what to do. And this man came walking up. He looked like a warlord. And if, you, and if you've never been, if you don't know your history or you don't know some of the, a warlord in that region of the world would, would wear a, a, like a serape, I, I don't know what you would call that, but some kind of clothing that wraps around and it wraps over the head. And many times underneath that garb, They've got machine guns and machetes and, you know, things like that uh, to protect themselves. And anyway, this guy come walking up, and he was dressed as if he's a warlord, and he comes walking up to the bus, and in their language, he said, what, you know, what are these children doing, and what's going on here, and why do you have these children, and where are you going, and where are you coming from, and started asking all kinds of questions. So they told him the truth, and he looked at them, and he just said, can I have some water? And they're like, sure. So they gave him a bottle of water. He drank the water and he said, get all the children off the bus. And they're thinking, great, what's he going to do? Is he going to shoot us? What's he going to do? Because they have no weapons. They have no way of defending themselves. And so they get off the bus and the kids go over to the side and there they, they're all sitting underneath the tree. It's, it's mid-afternoon by now. And the, the gentleman puts down, he was carrying wood. He puts down his wood. He goes over to the bus and he literally gets down on his knees and he starts just going. And I said, what is this, wax on, wax off, like Karate Kid? But he literally just went around the tires like this, around the tires and went to all four tires. 
This is going to sound crazy. But then he, after he was done doing this with the tires, he said, okay, get the children back on the bus. So they go. He says, get the children back on the bus. So they put all the children back on the bus. The adults went back on the bus. He said, go. And they, they started the bus, and when they put it in gear to go, the bus ran perfectly, and they had good tires on their bus. So we're like, what happened? I said, was this like the Michelin angel or what? You know, uh, was it like the Bridgestone Goodyear angel? I don't know. But the point is, God did a miracle, a creative miracle, and fixed or put new tires on their bus. And that group of children, I have a video of that group of children. If you'd play the video right now, I have a group. Those kids on the bus right there, that's them. That's the kids. Well, that's the teacher. But there's the kids, and there's some more kids. And they are, if you, can you play the audio? And they're saying thank you, is what they're doing. So that's what this is. These are the kids right there. 46 kids, 13 teachers, and they were rescued. And I still can't quite, I can't even hardly, I, I hesitate to even say it because it sounds so incredible, but that's what happened. It's what happened. And so we're just sitting there going, praise God that God is doing miracles in situations. Another time, another group of people was trapped and God caused an earthquake and an earthquake came and crushed the, the guys that were chasing the group. Uh, I mean, just God is doing miraculous of biblical proportion. Read your Bible and when you read about Joshua, and he walked around the city seven times, and in the last day seven times, and the walls fell down. It's that kind of stuff that God is still doing. Because you know why? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, there never was an age of miracles, only a God of miracles. And the God who did the miracles in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, he's the same God that does the miracles today. And no matter what it is that you need. Maybe you, you aren't being chased by murderers like these kids were. But the point is, if you're being chased by debt collectors, hey, that's almost, you know, for, for you, that's a big deal, right? If you got debts you can't pay, that's a big deal. God knows where you are, and God can help you no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter what situation you're in, God can help you, and God wants to help you. See, with favor, the thing that most people think is like, well, I've been bad, so God won't help me, right? I mean, I, I've had that thought. In fact, I think I had that thought today. Well, God, why would you help me? I'm kind of a knucklehead sometimes, right? And, you know, that's not why God helps us. Because, you know, if we could earn God's favor, why did Jesus go to the cross? Somebody? If there was another way, God would have made another way. He wouldn't have sacrificed his only son. The fact that you're not perfect just means that you're human. So repent and ask God to forgive you and go on. Go forward. Pick yourself up off the floor and realize that God still loves you and that he'll still help you even if you did something, even if you spoke crossly at your cat. He'll still help you, right? or your kids for that matter. But 
God wants to help us. He wants to reach you right where you are. And favor cannot be earned. I'll say it again. Favor cannot be earned. Just like salvation cannot be earned, favor cannot be earned. Favor is something that God gives us because he loves us. And what we have to do, our only responsibility in favor is to say, Lord, I receive your favor. Lord, I receive it. Thank you, Father, that you give me favor in this situation. Favor with whatever it is I need favor with. That God will give you favor. You don't have to be perfect to get God's favor. If you had to be perfect to get God's favor, nobody would ever get it because nobody's perfect. Think about this. There's some scriptures that I want to really just kind of hone in on right here. It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says, Jesus increased in wisdom, intellect, right? Stature, physical appearance, in favor with God and favor with man. And when Jesus grew, it says, and he increased in wisdom, intellect, stature, physical, but also in favor with God and favor with man. The, the prophet Samuel, think about this, 1 Samuel 2, 26. The child Samuel grew in stature in favor with both the Lord and with men. So there again, just like Jesus, he grew in favor with God and favor with men. Now Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. And what? So find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. There again, favor with God and man. Favor with God and man. Favor with God and man. See, Jesus had favor on his life, and though he had people that hated him, I'm talking hated him, God's favor on his life was more powerful than the haters. My son uh, was a, I have a whole bunch of sons. My uh, fourth son had a shirt. He always wore this when he was like in like eighth grade because eighth graders are notoriously cocky, right? So he, he always wore this one shirt in eighth grade and it was haters are motivators, that he always wore this one shirt because it was like, haters are motivators. Just go and hate. Hate, haters hate, go hate. You motivate me with your hate. That's what he would always, like, he was always like, ha, ah, hate me, I don't care. You know, because it's a sports thing, you know. You're just jealous anyway. That's basically what it's saying. But the, the point is, Jesus' favor that he had on his life was greater than the haters' hate toward him. Think about this. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus had just come out of the desert. He had just come off from 40 days of fasting. He had just come off from being tempted by the devil three times. Remember the the temptations of Jesus? He had just overcome all those things. He went to the temple, 
and he preached and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's sent me to preach the gospel of the poor, proclaim the acceptable day of the Lord, set the captives free, the great and terrible day of his coming. That's, what he, that's the sermon he preached. And when he got done preaching, it says in Luke chapter 4, that those in the presence of, of, of that temple that day, that they stopped up their ears, they screamed, rushed at him, and tried to throw him off the hill. Because the temple was built near a hill, and they tried to throw him over the cliff. In other words, they tried to kill him. The very first sermon he ever spoke, and the crowd tried to kill him. But you know what happened? The favor of God was on him, and it says that he walked right through the middle of them, and they didn't touch him. See, people were trying to kill Jesus from the day he was born. Herod tried to kill him when he was still just a child, right? Then they tried to stop him before he was hundreds of years before he was ever born, when Pharaoh tried to kill all the baby boys in Israel when they were there. It was all trying to stop the seed of the woman, which was Jesus. And they were all trying to kill him. But when he showed up and they proved that he was the seed of the woman, then everybody was trying to kill him. And just because there was people that hated him doesn't mean he sat in the corner and said, he, went to, he didn't go to his mother and say, Mother, nobody likes me. Right? He didn't do that. Because, you know, at, at the truth is, a lot of people hated Jesus. But the favor of God that was on him overcame all the hate that people had toward him. And all those people were just motivated by the devil anyway. They were just trying to, they were just motivated by Satan. So his favor that he had in his life caused him to walk in a way that did away and parted the, the haters right out of his life. Everywhere he went, he had favor. He, he would go into a city and, and next thing you know, there'd be a crowd around him. And sometimes they were looking for food, but most of the time they just wanted to hear. They wanted to hear what he had to say. Favor on your life can change everything. See, God's favor on your life, this, this rescue that happens and all the things that are happening since September, since we got involved with this group, Everything that's happening there in Afghanistan and in Pakistan, the amount of favor that has been exhibited, and literally one little girl, I'm not going to say her name, but one little girl and her sister, the, the bad guys had killed both of their parents. And they were going to kill the little girls, and the little girl hid behind a door with her sister. Literally, in a, ba- in a bedroom, she just stood behind a door with her baby sister. She was like, what do you think, Sydney, 10 or 11? Somewhere in there. And there. It's a little, little, little girl and her little two-year-old sister hiding behind a door. And she said, she, she, they ended up, she was on one of our um, evacuations, and she told, this, told us what happened. She said the, the bad guys came in there. There was like 10 or more of them. And they were yelling at each other because they couldn't find the little girls. She said two different times the guys walked into the room, pulled the door back, looked right at them, 
and they'd put the door back and, and they couldn't find them. And the little girl says, it's like we were invisible. So God had so much favor on these little girls that he literally blinded the eyes or made them in, I don't know how he did it. I have no idea. But the point is, twice she said they came and pulled the door back and then they all started yelling at each other because nobody could find the little girls because they wanted to take the little girls with them. And they never were able to, and then they were able to escape, and now they're safe in a, in a safe house and being cared for. And my point is the favor of God is all over protecting people. And the favor of God can protect you from no matter what it is that you have going on in your life. Nehemiah it says that Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. This is Nehemiah chapter 2. He was the cupbearer to the king. And he went into the, he had heard about what was going on in Jerusalem. And, the, and, and he, he was sad. It says he had repented. He had asked God to forgive them because they were captives in a, in a foreign land. And King Artaxerxes was the king. And he was the cupbearer to the king, which means he brought the king his wine. Okay? So he brought, goes up to the king. He hands the king his wine, and the king says to him, you're sad, and this is nothing but sadness of heart. What's going on, Nehemiah? Basically, it's the interpretation of it for me. And Nehemiah says, you know, my, my country is laid waste. The walls are in ruins, and, you know, this is my people are in peril, and this is what's going on. The king asked him, he said, what do you want? The king said, what do you want? Now, in that situation, you can't say, well, just let me, let me go home and pray about it and figure it out, and I'll get back to you in a week. No, he, he had to know right there. It says, I love what it says there, and I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said, O king, if I have found favor in your sight, please allow me to go back to my country and then he asked him for timber. He asked him for letters of authorization. He asked him for horses. He asked him basically for all the materials to rebuild the walls of, of Jerusalem, a foreign country. And here's the crazy thing. The king gave it to him because he had found favor. I love it, the fact that he says, if I have found favor in your sight. And that's when he gave him the list of all the things he wanted. He would, number one, Nehemiah was prepared so that if he did get favor, he knew what he wanted. He wasn't like, duh, I don't know. You know, it wasn't, he didn't do that. He gave them a very articulate list. He knew time frames. He said, when are you coming back? He knew how long it was going to take. He knew how much it was going to cost. He knew he needed letters of authorization. He knew he, he was a, the ultimate project uh, manager is what Nehemiah was. He was like a, a professional project manager. He knew what it was going to cost personnel-wise, materials, time frame. He knew everything. And he gave it to, to the king, and the king gave him favor, and he gave him everything he asked for. My question to you is, what if God gave you everything that you asked for? Just a thought. What if God gave you everything that you asked for. One problem, you wouldn't have anything to complain about and you wouldn't know what to talk about. Oops. Right? Number two, do you really have your desires and your 
plans that well thought out that God could give you everything that you're asking for? Or is it so vague that he can't give you everything you're asking for because it's so vague and so innocuous that you can't even quantify it? When Nehemiah asked the king and said, if I have found favor, he had specifics that he wanted. He had time frames. He had everything ordered. Dr. Cho, who, pastored, who used to pastor the largest church in the world in Seoul, South Korea, he always said one particular thing. Pray specifically. If you're going to pray, pray specifically. Say, oh God, give me a bike. All right, you can get a bike that way. But if you want a blue bike with a silver stripe with 27-inch rims and 18 speeds that comes with a helmet and an odometer, I would pray for that. Because pray specifically. Ask specifically what you need from God. And I'm just not talking about things. I'm talking about very specific prayers that you would have for family members, for your destiny, for your future, whatever it is. I'm encouraging you in this Pray specifically because if you pray general shotgun prayers, it's hard to determine if they get answered. So pray specifically. Pray if you need somebody in your, in your life to be um, healed of whatever it is, name it. Speak to it. And call it out. Don't just say, oh God, bless them or oh God, heal them. No, if it's cancer in the liver, say, I curse you cancer, of liver, cancer in the liver. Every cell that doesn't promote life, die in the name of Jesus. We resist and rebuke every cell that does not promote life. Die, you foul cells. Get out of their bodies now. That's how you pray, not, oh, God, bless them. Okay? Shotgun prayers rarely get answered because you don't know where they are. So pray specifically. Make your requests be made known to God, and the God, of, the God of peace will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So make your prayers specific, like Nehemiah did. And when you, have, and when you ask for favor, when you ask God, when you're, when you're in the presence of God, when you're worshiping, just say, Father, I thank you that you surround me with favor as a shield, Psalm 5.2. Because he surrounds us with favor like a shield. 512, rather. He surrounds us with favor like a shield. You know, sometimes just praying that simple prayer. I know of one particular individual from church here that every day he prayed that prayer. Father, I thank you that you go before me and make a way where there is no way. That you surround me with favor like a shield. And that day he got in a really bad car accident, and it's like there was a shield in front of his car, and everything kind of went the other way. Why? Because God's favor was out in front of him, like a shield. And he was delivered from bad injury, from very serious injury, and nobody could quite figure out why, except for the fact that he always thanked God for favor that surrounded him like a shield. See, favor is not just... Um, getting a favor, you do a favor for me, and then I give a favor to you. I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. That's not what favor is. Favor is God's blessing upon your life 
that is not earned but is given freely by him because he loves you. Now, it doesn't get activated automatically like, like ripe cherries off a tree. Rather, you have to say, Father, I thank you that you surround me with faith. You have to seek it. You have to thank God for it because you won't recognize it if you aren't aware of it. You won't recognize the fact that you have favor unless you are conscious of God's favor. When, you, when you're up against even something at your work or employment or something like that, and, and it's a conflict, man, thank you, Father, that you give me favor in this situation, that you give me favor with that person. If you have someone that seems to have something out for you or they, they just, you know, I had one, one guy that I worked with. He was one of my supervisors in an in a accounting situation before I came on staff here <laughs> 100 years ago. Uh, it was actually 30, 34. Um, but he would look at me and he goes, there's something about you I don't like. I'm like, geez, thanks. All right. Yeah, could you tell me what it is so I can change it? Nah. He was just messing with me, but that was really like, well, I don't like you either. Whatever, you know. But the point is, that's not favor. That's like the devil, okay? But God causes people to like you that don't even know you. Causes people to do things that are in your best interest, even when they don't know why they're doing it. They might not even know why. They just do it because, eh, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know if anybody else has had this. I've had people say, you know, I don't even know why I'm giving you this good deal, but uh, here you go. I go, I do. It's the favor of God. That's why. Thank you. You're obeying God. Okay? That's, that's, that's what the favor of God is. So I guess I want to encourage you all to say every day when you get up, just say, thank you, Father, that I'm forgiven. Thank you, Lord, that I'm free, that you don't, aren't holding my sins against me, that you've taken them further than the east is from the west, that I am free, that you surround me with favor like a shield, that you take sickness far from my house and you give me health, that Jesus has bore all my sickness, he's bore all my sin, he's bore all my pain, he's bore all my grief, Jesus bore all my rejection. So no matter who rejects me, Jesus already bore that rejection for me. So I forgive that person because they, Jesus has already bore my rejection. He bore the sting of that rejection already. So we don't have to bear it again. Because no matter what happens, the favor of God that's on your life is greater than anything that Satan or anybody under his control can do to you in this world. The favor of God that's on your life is greater than your haters. It's greater. Because how do I know that? It was greater than Jesus' haters. So the same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in us, and the favor of God rests on us. Why? Because he surrounds us with favor like a shield. So our, the favor of God that's on you is greater than any amount of hatred that Satan can level toward you. It doesn't matter what the devil does in your, tries to do in your life. It doesn't matter. Why? Because God's favor is greater. And if you could take that into every day, you know what? Life's going to be great. 
Life's going to be easier if you take that attitude into every day. That no matter what happens to me, God's favor is greater than anything that comes against me. His favor on my life overcomes anything and everything that comes my way. I can overcome anything. I'll run it over like a speed bump if they get in front of me because God's favor is the engine that's driving me. I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because his favor is around me. It goes before me. It makes crooked places straight. It makes a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. It causes mountains to be made low. It causes, it causes a road right through, the, right through the wilderness. It causes a road through the, through the water. That's what God's favor does. Whoo, I just made myself happy. Just like that, I'm happy. God has given us authority. And um, I've got, if, if you have the final declarations, um, guys in the sound booth, the last one, two, three, four, five is what I want to go through. Just the last five, okay? Uh, it starts with breakthrough resources. Look at you right there. Good job. Thank you. Give those guys a hand. Thank you, guys. And gals, sorry. You guys is a generic term. You, you get that, right? Let's not get all politically correct here, okay? Please. I'll fail at political correctness. Anyway, um, if you, can you guys read those? Can you read those? Good. I can actually read them too. What do you know? We're just going to say these declarations, okay? Um, these are some of the things uh, that, that I go through with my own personal life, and I put some of the declarations and the, 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 uh, some of the things that I just say about my life and about my family and about things just because I wanted to do them tonight and just kind of share what, what we do. Let's, if you will, if you will, otherwise I'll do them by myself, but I want you to say them with me, okay? So start now. I declare breakthrough resources so we can do everything you have called us to do. That's, that's what we're talking about there is God making resources available to us, breaking through. For instance, what we just did in this church in the month of December is nothing short of a miracle. If you haven't heard, we paid off the mortgage, okay? In the, in the year 2021, in the middle of a pandemic, do you know when the pandemic started? We had $7.9 million in debt when the pandemic started. During the pandemic, we paid off $7.9 million in debt. And you know what that is? That's breakthrough resources is what that is. Five million just in the month of December that we paid off. Total of, 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 of everything. Just in the month of December, a total of 7.9 million in debt just since the pandemic started in March of 2020. So that's what you call breakthrough resources. Okay, When God says, oh, we got the breakthrough anointing. Because you know what? One of the names of God is Balparazan, which means he is the Lord of the breakthrough. For the Lord has through, broken through upon mine enemies, and he's made a way. See, this is breakthrough resources time. So 
um, I know that triunities believe in God for a whole bunch of money. You need to start confessing breakthrough resources over triunity Christian school. Breakthrough resources. Sort resources from, sort, from places you don't even heard of yet. You know, we got the largest single gift from someone that I didn't even know who it was. Was it something like, oh, I worked this guy? No, nothing. God spoke to him, and he gave us a huge gift. And it put us over the top and paid off the mortgage. And God just spoke to him. And it's just amazing. I'm just so thankful that we just have been in agreement for breakthrough resources. So I didn't hear very many people saying this with me last time, so I'm going to kind of do it again. So I'd really like it if you'd not make me just out here hanging all by myself. All right? Say, I declare breakthrough resources so we can do everything you have called us to do. We're talking to God now. I declare breakthrough favor so we can reach everyone we're called to with your great love. I declare breakthrough ingenuity to do things that have never been done before through my assignment. Next one. I declare breakthrough in the ability to reproduce people, spiritual impact, and transformation. I declare that you won't just add to our ministry church calling, but that you will multiply the effect of our church and our ministry and our calling. See, we don't want just to add. We're believing God for, to multiply what's going on. We are at a place right now as a church that I have been believing God for for 15 years. I've been on staff for 32 years. I've been believing God for this day for 15 years. And we are in that day. We're in the day where we're able to really launch out and do what God has really called us to do. We got the building paid for. We have a great staff. We have great momentum. We have super culture within the church staff. Everything is aligned perfectly. And this is going to be the best year ever in this church. I just know it. I've been here for 37 years. I came to this church 37 years ago this Saturday. 37 years ago this Saturday, I came to this church for the first time. I sat in that pew, second pew back in, an, in another building that was a little pole barn, and God spoke to me and said, about Pastor Dwayne, he's your pastor. Help him build this church. And I never left. It's the only church I've ever gone to since the day I got saved. Because that's what God told me to do. And, I'm, and until he tells me different, which I don't think he will, this is where I am and that's what I do. I'm helping Pastor Dwayne build a great church. And this, I'm, I've never been so excited about a year as I am this year. 2022, just buckle your seatbelt because the favor of God is coming on you like you've never experienced it before. Everywhere you go, it's like the door, you're going to step on a pad and a door is going to open in front of you like you're walking into Myers or something. But that's how doors are going to open in front of all of us. You're going to walk into things that you never thought were possible, but yet you're going to walk into them. And you're going to get into places you say, how did I get here? That's what you're going to say when you get there. How did I get here? What happened? And you're going to, the only way you're going to be able to see it is for you to say, God, you put me here. See, and that's the beauty of the favor of God. The fact that a the ninth child of a poor factory worker is standing here today and we're helping people all over the world, literally all over the world, that we've been able to give 
$55 million to foreign missions, had tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people saved through the missions that we've been involved with, saved countless thousands of people's lives. For this little boy who grew up the ninth child of a guy who never made more than ten fifty an hour in the country, in an old house, in a gravel road with a crummy barn, that's me. But God can give you favor beyond your wildest expectations. People think, oh, you just grew up in a ministry family. No, I'm the first pastor ever in our family. And I, I, now I have three more sons, but I'm the first one. Nobody in our family was pastors. Nobody. Nobody was in ministry. See, and I'm not tooting anybody's horn. I'm saying that's what God can do if you'll just embrace his favor. Embrace his favor and start believing God that everywhere you go, you have favor. Everywhere. Doesn't mean you're not being prideful. You're simply being a child of the king. Your daddy owns the world, man. Just your daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He will give you favor. Just let him. Let him help you. And it, it's going to be a great year. I just know it, so I'm out of time, so let's pray. Father, we love you. We love you, and we're so thankful that you take the foolish things in this world to confound the wise. You take us, your ragtag bunch of people, and you confound the wise. Nobody can figure it out. You take Pastor Dwayne, who, who, who wasn't anything special, but you made him special. You made him special. And you take Jeannie, and you made her special, and made this church special. And you made all of us special, because your favor rests upon us, and that's what makes us special, because we're yours. We're children of the King. Father, your word says that if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation, a brand new species of being. Old things have passed away. Whatever happened in the past is gone. Behold, all things have become new. We thank you, Father, that today is a brand new day, that your favor goes before us, surrounds us like a shield, and you make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. Impossible situations suddenly become doable. Impossible debt becomes paid off. And Father, we thank you. Impossible illness becomes healed, becomes healing and health. We thank you, Father, for your goodness and your grace that's abundant in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen.